Welcome to SL Advisors Talks Energy. I'm Simon Lack. At SL Advisors, we invest in energy infrastructure. We read about energy. We talk to people in the energy sector. We write about energy. We explore how the shale revolution is leading to American energy independence and how climate change is impacting how energy is produced and used. Nothing we say should be construed as a sale of securities, which can only be made through the relevant prospectus. In this week's podcast, I'm going to discuss the biggest question in investing, long-term interest rates. Suppose you met an investing god, someone with unmatched insight into the future. And suppose you could ask just one question, what would it be? If I ever find myself in that position, I'm ready with my question. Will interest rates remain permanently low? This must be the biggest question in investing today. Here I'm talking about long-term interest rates, about bond yields. Central banks heavily influence short-term rates, and while they can have an impact on yields for 10 years or more, investors in long-term bonds play a big role. If you go back over the last 100 years, investing in U.S. 10-year treasuries has, on average, generated a return of 2% over inflation. This is the real return. Today's 10-year treasury yield is at around 1.6%. So if today's bond investor wants to earn that 2% over inflation, and they invest at 1.6%, the only way that can happen is if inflation is minus 0.4%, and that's not going to happen. And in fact, very few investors think inflation over the next decade will be minus 0.4%. Expectations are for inflation to be around 2%. That's the Fed's goal. So today's investors in 10-year treasuries are happy to receive a negative yield after inflation. They're receiving a negative real return. One of the most reliable measures of equity valuations for over a decade is the equity risk premium. This is simply the difference between the earnings yield on stocks and the 10-year treasury yield. Some analysts look at equity valuations as historically expensive, such as the CAPE, the cyclically adjusted price earnings ratio. And on that basis, stocks are expensive. But compared with interest rates, stocks are historically cheap because however expensive stocks are, bonds are even more so. And since you have to put your money somewhere, saying stocks are expensive without comparing them with other assets isn't very helpful. Low long-term interest rates are an important factor behind equity market returns in recent years. That's why the most important question in investing is will they stay low? In other words, will bond investors who seem to have accepted low and negative real returns continue to do so? And if they will, why? America's not alone with low bond yields. In fact, among developed countries, ours are the highest. German 10-year government bond yields yield negative 0.4%. Japan is close to zero. The UK is around 0.6%. Even Greece, which came close to bankruptcy within the last decade, has lower 10-year yields than America, just under 1%. This is not about the Fed. Global bond investors have driven yields down everywhere. One reason is that there are a lot of price insensitive buyers out there. What that means is that there's a class of investor, which includes pension funds, that will own bonds regardless of the return. This is clear because buyers of German bonds are paying to own their bonds. But it's also clear if you look at US pension funds because their allocations to bonds have been rising even while yields have been falling. Now, when you buy stocks, you don't know what your return will be. 
You can estimate it, but there's a range of outcomes. But when you buy a 10-year treasury note with a 1.6% yield, you can be certain that your return over 10 years will be 1.6%. So US pension funds have been investing more of their assets in fixed income, even while the returns have gone down. This may partly be because some of them are required to generate certain cash flow, and if yields are lower, you need to invest more in bonds to get the same guaranteed cash flow. But I also think part of the reason is that the 2008 financial crisis, although it's now 12 years past, was such a traumatic event that it's caused investors to always consider the possibility, however slight, that it may happen again. Bond yields are so low that it's possible to create your own bond with a combination of stocks and treasury bills. We've written about this on our blog, and a podcast isn't the best place to throw a lot of numbers at you, but because the dividend yield on the S&P 500 at 1.9% is higher than 10-year treasury yields, and because dividends generally grow, it turns out that you could replace $100 of bonds with as little as $15 in stocks and the rest in cash. Those growing dividends will amount to something. And if stocks fall by half, because you've only put 15% of your portfolio in stocks, you'll only be down 7.5%. But pension funds aren't doing this trade. If they were, real yields on bonds would rise because there would be fewer buyers. So the most likely explanation for today's low real yields on bonds is that they will be with us for the foreseeable future, or at least until the 2008 financial crisis is a far more distant memory than it is today. This is my answer to the question I would ask the investment god if we ever meet. And if we meet, and it turns out that the answer is not what I think, I'll tell you on another podcast. Thank you for listening to SL Advisors Talks Energy. To find more episodes like this one, go to our website, sl-advisors.com. There you can sign up for our blog, watch videos and webinars. Follow us on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Twitter at Simon Lapp.